Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Moonlight Talks. I'm Jamilet Rojas and this is... Madison Thomas. So today we're gonna go into a slightly heavier topic, one that's dear to our heart, but first... Yeah, I just want to say I know we've been gone for quite some time. It wasn't intentional, it's just life gets kind of crazy sometimes. We had Thanksgiving break, um, we went and visited our families during that time, and obviously we don't get to do that very often now that we're in college, so we want to spend as much time with them as possible. And then after that, Jamila and I had finals, I know Reese is having finals this week, and it was just yeah. a lot going on at once. So the podcast kind of took the back burner, but now we're going to have several weeks off, so we'll have some free time on our hands to just relax and go back to recording. So I'm super excited to be back with you guys. I, I really missed seeing your, your faces. Yeah, I think too, we all just kind of, it was funny because none of us ever said like, we're going to take this time off. We were just kind of like, okay, we're going to just die. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was collective understanding that we were all just going to like, we're like, okay, we'll just reconvene eventually and it'll be fine. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. It was kind of like, we didn't talk about it during the week of Thanksgiving. We just went home. Went home. <laughs> and okay, bye. Yeah, and then during finals, I think I brought it up and Jamilet was like, can we wait till after finals? And I don't think anyone said anything. We just <laughs> understood that that was what we needed to do. Yeah. Here we are now. So Jamie, do you want to kind of explain what we're going to be talking about today. I know I'm personally really excited to talk about this. Yeah, so today we're kind of coming back with a something a little bit more thought-provoking, a little bit meatier to talk about. So today we're talking about our sort of culture shock while coming into college. And I want to preface this by saying we are, of course, white. We're Hispanic women but we grew up in an area that was so dominant with Hispanic culture. We are all Hispanic by blood one way or another. I know like Maddie's Puerto Rican, I'm Mexican Dominican, Reese is like Mexican Spaniard, you know. And while we are white in race, uh, our ethnicity was such a big part of our life that we're gonna be referring to ourselves as Hispanics and you know, like actual European white people as white people, so. Yes, we just wanted to get yeah. that out of the way. Um, so I think first what we should kind of do is explain what it was like growing up in our town and with our families. So I don't know the exact numbers. I don't know if someone wants to look this up, but our town being a border town, it was predominantly Hispanic. We grew up there our entire lives so up until we were 18, before we left to college, we never actually experienced what it was like being part of the minority. I wanted, did you, did you look it up, Johnny? I'm trying to. Okay, my, no one come for me for the, like, if I'm slightly off, but oh. I'm gonna say about 85% of Douglas is Hispanic. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I yeah. might even put it higher. Um, I was thinking like 95, 90. I feel like any family that wasn't some sort of Hispanic, like you could name off your hand in a way. Yeah, 
it's, yeah. yeah it's also such a tiny town what's the population now like fifteen thousand. yeah i think it's decreasing so that that's sad but um <laughs> but yeah so we never experienced really what it was like being part of the minority it was just everyone had that hispanic culture and it was so strong in our town and i think everyone was always so proud of it that really made us who we were and even just driving to the next town over 30 minutes away it was even just different there because they're not on the border they still have that slight hispanic culture but it was definitely different than being right there on the border it was built into i think every part of our life in douglas like all of our teachers looked like us um everybody did so i feel like we learned specifically things tailored to hispanic culture a lot in school and like i'm grateful for that but i feel like coming into college there was a lot of stuff that like i guess i I didn't, like, I missed out on some things that just everybody understands that I don't yeah, or I didn't for a while. And I think a lot of people, like, might relate to this. I know that, like, I'm, I'm mixed, so, like, my dad is white and then my mom is Mexican, but I grew up so closely with, like, the Mexican side of my family, like, that kind of, that culture, that kind of like background and it was weird because growing up forever I was like the whitest person like I was so white like I was so not traditionally like Hispanic or Mexican but then I left Douglas and suddenly I'm like the token Mexican friend and I'm like queen it's so weird because it's like I'm too white for Douglas but then I'm like I'm like too brown for Tucson and not even just Tucson like feels like the U of A it's just the U of A because like everywhere else in Tucson there's so many there's such a large Hispanic population here actually but like on campus you don't really see that population at all because it's so exclusive I guess in a way which is really sad. Reese, I completely relate to you. So I'm half Puerto Rican, and that's from my dad's side, and I'm Mexican on my mom's side. Growing up, I wasn't super close with my dad and his family, so I definitely grew up more with the Mexican culture, but not speaking Spanish and being pretty white-passing and fair-skinned. I definitely relate to you with almost being like not... Mexican enough for Douglas but then I come to college and I'm actually kind of seen as Hispanic I feel like a lot of people don't know what I am but I totally relate with you what you said about you know in Douglas um people definitely made little comments about obviously not like bullying but they definitely make little comments like oh the white girl or oh this gringa like whatever things like that so yeah it was kind of crazy than coming to college and you're actually seen as Hispanic because I know people at school growing up they would say that I didn't look Hispanic at all and then I would I would ask some of my friends here at college and I would say oh yeah like I'm half Puerto Rican I'm Mexican and they didn't question it they're like okay but then in high school it was like no you're not you're just saying that type thing so it was definitely crazy having that difference I feel like 
you know, I don't fully really, I'm very, I don't think I'm very much white passing at all. You know, I got Indian or like Native American, like the two separate ones a lot coming to college, people thinking I was, I don't know. But um, yeah, in Douglas, I feel like all of us kind of were told, like if you didn't really speak Spanish fluently on a regular basis, like to have normal conversations, you were immediately, I think, deemed like, like you didn't think you were Mexican or so, because that's what I got. I got like, oh, she thinks she's white, but look at her. So it was like a lot different because then I come here and it's like, I, I was straight up, I think the only brown kid on my floor in college because like, you know, they talk about diversity a lot in like the pamphlet. But when I got to college, especially the business school, it was predominantly white. So I was like the only brown kid on my floor. And I felt like that was very dominant. So we kind of explained our experience going to high school and then coming to college. But I want to get into how it actually was growing up, the different traditions we had, just everyday things that were normal to us. And then you come to school and realize, oh, a bunch of my friends haven't actually been to Mexico. They don't just go to Mexico to have dinner on a Wednesday night type thing. Yeah, so I feel like in Douglas, a lot of the culture was like sort of like talking to and being friendly with everyone. Mm -hmm. So like there would be girls that I had in like maybe one class and like if they saw me somewhere, they'd like give me a hug and kiss me on the cheek and just be like, hi, how are you? And I feel like that is so foreign here. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought the kissing on the cheek thing like, Again, that's just what people do. Yeah. I am not a very affectionate person at all. So I was always kind of like, don't really like this, you know, going to all the family parties and stuff. So now mm-hmm. coming to school and not having that, honestly, don't really miss it. But I'm kind of like, oh, this is weird. People aren't trying to kiss me on the cheek. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like even from like, um, I think a linguistic standpoint, you have like, I guess you always grew up hearing conversations in two different languages at all times. Like you would flip back and forth or you'd hear only Spanish or like if you'd be at the, like if you're at the store, like you speak Spanish to the people there, but like coming here, like you don't really hear that. And like, even me, I catch myself talking to like Ellie or like even Lizette because she understands Spanish. I just speak in English and Spanish. Like, I just kind of flip from language to language because I'm fluent in both. I forget that, like, Greta, like, my other roommate, and then my other friend, Natalie, that, like, don't really understand Spanish. They don't understand half of the conversation I just had because half of it wasn't in English. But I don't connect those dots in my head, like, consciously. I just kind of speak, and that is what comes out. Yeah, especially because... I feel like everybody in Douglas, like even the small percentage of like white people that we had, they'd understand us when we spoke in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like they, they could even hold a conversation, like two of our best friends from Douglas are white. And, you know, I think Catherine speaks more Spanish than me at this point. Yeah. And I think one thing I definitely noticed when coming here is there are certain words that we would use for things like for example if i was putting my hair up in a ponytail i don't think i ever use the word ponytail 
until coming to college. It was just always, oh, I'm going to put my hair up in a colita. Yeah. Words like that. And now I'm aware of it. So I don't say those things. But even just saying different words without the accent now. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, for example, the word, I'll say it how I say it here, mango. At home, I would never say mango. It's, oh, I'm craving some mangoes. Like, little things like that. I've noticed I've definitely changed when I'm here. Dude, the word chanclas. (gasps) Chanclas, yes. We don't say flip flops. Sandals. (laughs) People say thongs, and I'm like, your chonies? Your chonies? Uh, those aren't shoes, baby. Those are some chocolates, dude. I'm baffled. I like, and and I'm like, what? Like, that's the word for that? Or like, I went through the like Taco Bell drive-through, and I felt so awkward because I said like burrito. Yeah. Uh, uh. Like, especially because sometimes when you say it with the accent, they don't understand you yeah, exactly, the exactly. word that they know uh i'm trying to think i think it was even like quesadilla i said yeah. quesadilla. i say quesadilla it was like what and i was like oh a, a quesadilla, quesadilla. <laughs> yeah, like i they didn't understand me i was like can i get a burrito and a quesadilla like <laughs> yeah it's it's just so like shocking to me because it's not anyone's fault it's just the difference in the way that we grew up and it, yeah. it's hard to grasp that even now and I feel awkward because I'm like okay should I pronounce this the white way and be wrong and feel or the correct because, way or should I say it the correct way and people be like oh like oh, you're Mexican and I'm like I guess I'll, I'm gonna say it the correct way because then I don't feel like stupid but then it's like awkward because then I feel like it's this kind of like try hard, like, oh, like you, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I am very happy to know that I wasn't the only person having this internal conflict. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I finally decided I'm going to say it the way that I'm used to saying it. If somebody needs me to repeat it, I'll repeat it. But like, I feel dumb saying like burrito and taco. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about it. No offense to white people, but <laughs> it's not the correct way to say it. So I, I think we should be saying it the if we know how to say it the correct way, we should be saying it the correct. And that's how the my mom. Sauce you get is chipotle. The restaurant's chipotle, but the sauce is chipotle. Yes, <laughs> I stand by that. Yeah, no, and my mom growing up, um, because obviously my dad is like this white man from South Dakota who moved to Douglas. And his whole family's white. He before moving to Douglas, I don't think they knew anyone who spoke anything other than like English and maybe German. And so coming to Douglas and like dating like a woman who came like from Mexico in the seventh grade, like my dad probably had like a bad culture shock or whatever initially. But my mom in the long like she was like, if this is gonna be a long-term thing, like, and you're gonna be like a part of my culture, I'm gonna need you to learn how to say things correctly because it's gonna drive me crazy if you don't. So my dad, he won't even say like quesadilla, like burrito. Like he, my mom is like, nope, you're gonna learn to roll that R or we're done. 
That's fair. I respect her. I remember I used to always cringe growing up watching TV shows and they would say, okay, so now we're going to put in some cilantro. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you using that product if you can't even pronounce it correctly? Honestly. Cilantro. That's the one that has always bothered me so much. Yeah, that's a bad one. Or pinata. Oh my God. That's a bad one because it's like, okay, first of all, why if you can't pronounce piñata why are, why do you have it at your party exactly you're obviously exactly. taking from our culture at least under, um learn how to s- pronounce it correctly it's not that hard we're not it's asking not. you to roll an r yeah. <laughs> unless you're my mother then she is <laughs> however I, it's just a nya nya that's all the little squiggly line means is a nya yeah, and another thing I also want to add now that we're talking about language is even in high school and especially now in college, I've struggled in Spanish class. By struggled, I mean getting a B, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've definitely struggled in it. And I feel that I understand Spanish pretty well. Growing up around it my whole life, I feel like I understand it without really any problems. I definitely don't speak it fluently, but the thing is, is like the way that they teach it in Spanish class is so different than the way people actually speak it. And I try to explain that to my friends by comparing it to an English class. In English, you have all these rules that you're supposed to follow in your writing the correct way. But if you think about it, no one actually speaks English in that correct way. And it's the same with Spanish no one speaks it the way they actually teach it in class. So while I'm awful in Spanish class, like I feel like I know enough Spanish to get, get by. by and everything. Yeah, like I, just the way Spanish is taught in school, it's just, it's not practical. Yeah. Used in everyday all. life at it's all. Like, it's almost like if you taught people how to speak English in like old English. It's exactly. like so, yeah. it's so like, formal and I know that they're doing that because they're assuming maybe at a like a collegiate level that if you're you know learning a foreign language it's because you want to do business or communicate with other professionals in that language so maybe that's why they give you that vocabulary and those rules but like if you're speaking with people like locally or like you're not going to understand that and I know that a lot of um, like my teachers in high school and then even my professor in college did not teach us Spain Spanish, even though my professor in college was from Spain, because she was like, there's just no need for you to know this because I know not all of you are going to go to Spain and it's like, it's not practical for you to learn. And so luckily I had that grace, but I also ended up with a B in Spanish because I never did the homework because I would just do good on the tests and then be lazy. So now that we kind of talked about the language aspect and that, I kind of want to move into maybe our different traditions because I know in the Hispanic culture, we do have a lot of traditions. And I, again, a lot of them I didn't realize until I came to school yeah. and I was like, oh, you don't do that too? Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to go first in that like different traditions you grew up with. So this one was pretty small and I feel like it's basically a meme, but when I moved in with my roommates, there it was like uncomfortable how many pots and pans were in the cabinet. And like it was like hard to get to all of them. And so I was like I know what you're gonna say. 
oven. I told the same thing, and they were like, "What? What if we turn the oven on?" Exactly. It's like take them out before you turn the oven on. Yeah. Whenever I'm creating that oven, I always open it, and then I'm to like make sure nothing's in there. I'm like, wait. I don't need to do that here. There's yes. nothing. The <laughs> There's no space in our cabinets. Like we're not utilizing our space space efficiently. Like I don't know. That one got to me because it was so strange. Throw, just throw that bitch in the oven and just make you just learn to check. Don't yeah, turn when it I was off without checking. I tell you how many times. Like my dad had to come in and like grab a hot pan because he refused to put on oven mitts. But yeah, you know, I okay. got. That's the thing, too. Like, I don't know how my, like, my grandma, like, flipping the tortillas on the comal, like, just with her bare hands, and I try to do it, and I'm like, oh, no, can't do that, but. Uh. That took so long to learn. It's hard. It hurts. <laughs> Another thing, like, I don't know if your guys' family had, like, the flat, like, comal for the tortilla. Oh, yes. we have the comal. Okay. I don't have that here. No, I mean, and it's so one. we would use the comal every single day yeah, but yep. that, it didn't leave the stove it no it's there. either on the stove or in the oven yep. yeah now i use like our biggest like pan and then i have to like move the sofia to make sure i get every like piece it's, yeah. I, I i need to buy one yeah. no, i don't know why i have it not done that definitely missing out because literally every single day you're using the comal. It's just always out. And oh I feel like God. the reason for that is because they like warm up tortillas in like the microwave and then eat them raw. Or not raw, but you know, it's raw to me. Yeah. Wait, we need to describe what a comal is. So that's like a, a cast iron skillet, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. But it's like just the size of a tortilla and like there's no lip. It's like pretty it's much flat, flat except it's for like flat, a little yeah. tiny bit. But yeah, so it's just like it's just made basically for cooking tortillas yeah i mean my mom would make me quesadillas on there yeah almost every other day because that's all i lived off of but yeah <laughs> i it's like not like a super huge tradition but like i i would get home from school every single day and have beans and rice and tortillas or beans on a tostada or beans with chips and I don't just have beans. And I mean, that's partially my fault because I just I just never cook them because they take so long. But my Nana, like, I just remember growing up, always in the kitchen, there would just be, like, beans soaking in a bowl. And then she'd have, like, beans frozen for, like, the next two months that we'd be eating. <laughs> or, like, um, this is another, like, Nanaism, but, like, during the month of October, she would get together with all her like church friends and like they would all just pray the rosary together every day so like October rolled around and I was like there's no like virgin statue in my house right now what is going on what? Oh, this is strange I have a couple of things so first one thing I'm gonna talk about that's not a tradition or we don't celebrate is Cinco de Mayo oh yeah um Never once in my life growing up were we like, yay, it's single de Mayo. What are we going to do? No. Taco Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> none of that ever happened. Like, stereotypical thing. Like, you, you don't do that. Um, yeah. And also, I want to say this. Like, I enjoy Taco Bell. Don't get me wrong. But, like, hard shell tacos aren't, like, as common as people think. Like, 
No. No. I've had those typically ask me, like, as a Mexican, like, hard or soft shell. It's, like, soft shells for, like, carne asada, and then you fry it and make it kind of hard for, like, chicken tacos. Yes. And and if you go, like, deeper, because my family's from Mexico City specifically, like, they don't even use flour tortillas there. It's just corn. Corn. And so I think, like, that's kind of crazy, too. People are like, what? There's no flour tortillas? No. Um, anyways, so I just wanted to bust those myths really quick. Yeah, we don't no celebration of single de Mayo ever. Um, don't think yeah. there ever will be. But however, however, Nana Norma does love a Taco Tuesday. Except she's like, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> and she's like, uh, basically that's just her making real like tacos yeah. during the week for us to have. But she's like, it's like Thursday and she's like, it's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> she is a hoot man jesus another thing is and i didn't do this personally but a lot of people on for christmas right when it was midnight would open up their gifts yeah that's what my family did yes yeah so um i know the majority of people you know we went to school with would do that right when it's midnight everyone just stays up and you open your gifts and I would always tell my mom like why can't we do that why can't we like be like everyone else but we did always um I'd always get together with my one side of my family we would do like this huge thing for Christmas Eve and it was kind of I guess what people do on Christmas typically I don't know because on Christmas day we don't do very much we wake up we open our presents you know super early my grandmother always makes pozole we eat that after uh, we open the presents and then I mean at that point it's like 10 30 you just chill the rest of the day like yeah yeah isn't that big of a deal Christmas Eve is where everything really happens another thing that weirds me out is like Christmas turkeys I didn't know people. I've didn't never had a turkey. I've never heard of that. Yeah. No, so like people here, like on Christmas Day, they'll have a turkey dinner for Christmas. I feel like that's Thanksgiving. Yeah, like my family would do. I think pozole Christmas Day, tamales Christmas Eve. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. That's Christmas food. Like yeah. <laughs> I look forward to my pozole every Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Or like they hit you with that birotes with beans and cheese on Christmas morning. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so now that we're on the topic of like growing up on the border, one thing that I know is so, you know, foreign to a lot of people is just crossing the line is just like going to the next town over, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the equivalent. So... From my house, and I mean, all of us, we live what you would consider kind of a little further from it compared to the rest of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of on we, the other. Were clo- we were close to the border itself, but we weren't close to the port of entry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that makes sense. The great way to describe it. So, but the drive is 10 minutes max, probably more like seven minutes. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could drive clean across Douglas in like four minutes if you're going a little over the speed limit. Yeah. So, anyways, just a few minute drive to like the port of entry. So, I mean, it's even closer than being in Phoenix and driving from Phoenix to Tempe or Tempe to Scottsdale. I mean, way closer. So, 
you know, if you just wanted dinner on a Tuesday night, you could just cross the line. I know me, like I, and a lot of people, like I got my braces done there. I always went to the dentist over there for veterinary services. You go to Mexico. Um, Even like, I know my grandma, I swear to God, she's always going to the pharmacy over there. Even with insurance in the U.S., it would be cheaper to still get it in Mexico a majority of the time. Yeah. Um, little things like that. It's just, it was just like an everyday thing to go over, like getting our nails done, people yeah. getting their hair done. You just go to Mexico. There were um, like, for example, our after prom. I know, I don't know how after prom was for a lot of other people growing up. I don't think it was as, big of a deal for them as it was for us house parties yeah that's what I, that's what I've heard just like house parties for us every year after prom was like this huge party bigger than prom and it was always hosted in Mexico so like we went our senior year and it was just at this huge venue honestly a lot more fun than prom was but again it was just a normal thing to do do and I know like it's just it's so different for a lot of other people growing up yeah and I feel like a lot of people are taught that like Mexico is such a scary place which if you're if you don't mind your own business it is very scary exactly exactly it's scary but if you're not involved in anything like you don't really have you don't have you don't really have anything to worry about the cartels or whatever like they're not just going to go after you just because like people think like yeah. it's a, it, it causes a lot more damage and loses them a lot money than your life is worth to them exactly. but so like you tell people that like you cross to mexico or that you live close to the border or like for me personally and i know y'all this is probably the same for y'all but if i stand out in the middle of my street i can see the fence from my yeah. house and it's like and i remember we went to um a state convention in high school for student council and Ellie was like oh yeah like I'm from Douglas it's like on the border and people were like oh my god are they building the wall yet or like oh my god isn't it so scary there like oh my god and I'm like now I feel more safe walking in my mailbox alone at night than I feel walking to my car in Tucson that's parked in my front like yard I don't know yes a hundred percent I when I never felt unsafe in Douglas and I think that probably has to do too with it being like a small town and everyone kind of knows everyone um type thing but yeah there was never a time where I was like super scared for my safety I think but oh my god you live right next to the border like how scary I mean it's really not so my grandparents I would go to their house like every single day did I ever really have to knock to get in? No, their door was just always unlocked. Yeah. They've lived there 40 yeah. years. Nothing ever happened. Their house was just always unlocked. We would just leave our bikes out in the driveway, and that was just normal. No one ever stole them. Nothing ever happened to them. Like, it was such a safe community, I feel like. And any, like, little thing, I think, would happen – and, you know, everyone would know about it. But I can't think of very many, like, huge incidences yeah. that happened. Like, I know me personally, I lived in downtown Phoenix last year. And that was the first time where I actually felt, 
kind of scared sometimes walking places and it's the same way in Tempe I mean I think downtown Phoenix is worse than Tempe for sure (laughs) but I mean it's just I felt I still to this day feel so much safer in my hometown than I have in Phoenix and in Tempe yeah like my roommates they both got like given pepper spray by their parents at like the age of 13 and I found that so strange because like I can't imagine like I take my because I got pepper spray obviously when I got to college Mm. but um I take it home because it's on my keychain and like my family like looks at me like why do you have that here and I'm like I I carry it around now but like I'm not gonna use it in Douglas I think ever Yeah. yeah it's just the weirdest thing or like our car broke down here once Uh, I was with my roommate and we were like off the side of like a freeway and it was scary and it was obviously two like teenage girls. Nobody stopped. Absolutely nobody. I feel like in Douglas, someone would have stopped within the first two minutes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it would have been somebody I recognized and they would have like either like jumped my car, helped me change my tire for free or some shit. But no, we sat there and waited. Like, it's just insane, I think, how different things are, especially in that sense. I feel like there's a bigger sense of community among Hispanics. Yeah. And I think that you reminded me of this thing that happened um, in Douglas. It was like, I think, 10th and San Antonio. And um, to explain that to everyone, that's kind of a busier a busier intersection right there yeah it's like it's like an actual light and not like a four-way stop someone's car like broke down or like stopped like just stalled or stopped in the middle of the road people got out of their cars and helped the person push their car off to the side of the road like immediately like they were like something's up and then the guy got out of his car people just started getting out of their cars and like helping them push their car off the road and someone like stayed with him and like there was no second thought. No, no. Oh, yeah. There was just no question about like, you know, oh, I don't really know this guy. Like he, you know, he might be weird or like people are safe in Douglas, but I think there's also like an understood like sense of community. Like if someone is struggling or someone needs something, like people step up to help. Like it's not really a question of if, it's just a question of who and when. So that is kind of something I think that, um, I think that's also a small town thing. Yeah. But you really kind of miss that in, you know, bigger cities. Like the bigger the city gets, the less people you seem to know, strangely. But uh, that sense of community just gets lost. Yeah. And another little thing I want to bring up before, you know, we kind of wrap up what it was like in our town and transition to what now, now that we're in school? So I really miss the little, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, maybe like a convenience store, but like where you could get snacks and things like that. So like, like La Michoacana, like, I don't, right? Would you say like a little snack convenience store? Just like a Mexican, like mom and pop store. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I find myself at night, like, or just like in the afternoon, like, oh, I wish I could go to like La Michoacana right now and get, you know, like Pepiwates or 
something like like those little like snacks and stuff Um, like things like definitely took for granted um but another thing is everything was a lot cheaper too okay a lot cheaper so for example there's this mobile car wash in our town and they do like detailing and stuff amazing job I have never seen my car detailed better than how they do and what it is is they have this huge truck and on the truck they have their big thing with the water in it and like the power washer everything they need and they just drive up to your house and they detail your car and I swear to god for my car it's $25 and they detail it, you know, inside, outside, such a great job. They spray like these scents in it. There's no way I could get that in Phoenix for $25. No. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, unheard of. For a car, th- for a drive through car wash, $10. They didn't do shit. I drove my ass through that and then I got free vacuuming that I had to do myself afterwards. Like, it's like, yeah, and it's just little things like that. Like, obviously, I would go to the car wash. We'd like wash your car too. I mean, they have those here or whatever. But like, where can you get your car detailed for $25? Oh, and it's yeah. like little things like that that were so common in our town too. Even going out to eat in Douglas versus going out to eat here, I swear I pay double here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, the food, let's just say it's not even that good. And it's like, oh, $20 when I know in Douglas. And in 10. Yeah, definitely little things like that. And again, that probably also goes into like the small town feel and stuff. But I definitely like miss those little things. But now I want to talk about what it's kind of like being in college and for the first time in our lives being like part of the minority. Yeah. When I first got to campus, I kind of mentioned this briefly earlier, but like the U of A always boasts about having this like super diverse population. And like, you know, there's like, oh, like it's not only white people that are here, but like it really, really looks like it is because I know on my floor, and especially I think this might also just have to, that this might also correlate with it being the arts. But in my dorm, I was also like probably the most brown person one of the most brown people like were me and Lizette I don't know I feel like that's saying that but I got there and I don't know people just like perceive you differently like people I know I'm tall so people can't literally look down on me but I I would walk out and I would be like looked down upon or I'd be like looked at and like kind of like oh even you know minus my crazy outfit if I was just wearing something normal or, you know, doing whatever, like I had pretty normal hair last year too, all things considered, people would just look at me different and it was kind of weird. Or like I'd say something in Spanish to Ellie or like I would let something slip in conversation in Spanish and people would turn around, like whip around and be like, yeah, just speak another language besides English. And I'm like, like, yeah, that's just my norm. And I remember it was just so hard to get used to. And I don't know if this is just, people are just, more rude if that makes any sense they're just like so much less conscious of like their surroundings and that people are also like walking and breathing the same air and like coexisting you're walking on the sidewalk even now during COVID time like they're walking in the middle of the sidewalk and so you move 
and they like don't like they stay in the middle of the sidewalk because they're like well i'm walking here like what (laughs) i want to say like i think in the hispanic culture and i think with different ethnicities and you know races too like i've definitely noticed that manners were a huge thing that were like drilled into us and just being polite and courteous and I think especially towards our like elders and just I just think that was pushed into us so much you know like you see those videos of like super strict Hispanic parents whatever but I think just from growing up with all my all my peers being Hispanic I know us when we would travel to different games um for sports or whatever it would be coaches and stuff would say they'd always receive back the comments about how well behaved and respectful all the kids were like in it with Hispanics there's even like a special word like when you're referring to you like another person who's an elder you have to use the word usted because you need to show them respect as your elder and yeah that was definitely something we always got in douglas every single time like somebody would visit or we'd go somewhere we were always the most respectful and yeah definitely i think coming to somewhere else it's really a shock to see how rude people can just be just to be and I, it definitely, I would think it was a Hispanic thing for us to be a lot more polite. And that's not to say that other cultures, especially like white people are rude. It's just to say manners or being polite wasn't as big of a, of a part of their growing up. Yeah. Like of the culture as a whole. Like I think if we can categorize, you know, the culture as a whole for, you know, Hispanic culture and a few of the other um, cultures of different um, ethnic groups and races I think that's just like such a huge thing that they're kind of like known for yeah. and I think honestly this ties back to like unfortunately because this happens to be the case with a lot of things uh, most people of color were raised to be very respectful and very careful of what they say to not provoke other people and I think white people growing up as the majority and growing up privileged did not have to watch what they said as much because they didn't have to face the same repercussions that we did and I think that is exactly why whether they know it or not unfortunately that is the case you know it's not necessarily a commentary on one specific person or one specific family or even like one specific American white culture but just the culture of like this just happens to be the one of the lasting effects of colonialism is a difference in even politeness towards other people because you know you're hyper aware of that when you're a target when everyone thinks that your race is like you know in our case right like everyone is being told that we're rapists and murderers and that we're awful people of course you're going to be more polite of course you're going to want to not be rude like of course you're going to be taught to not do that because forever in a day that's all people think that you are and when you don't have that stigma around you you can act however the fuck you want quite honestly so um i i think this is also a small town thing but like when someone moves in in your neighborhood like you usually go introduce yourself to them after a few days or just like make yourself known to them because it's just you know like you want to be close with your neighbors like those are the people that you see most often especially now like 
we don't really leave this city block and the only time I see other people it's my neighbors like outside in their yard and so me and my roommates uh, made cookies to give to all of our neighbors and like we wrote like all the ingredients on like a sticky note and we're like from your new neighbors at blank 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 and we took them to a few houses around us and uh, one of the families wasn't home so we left it on their door and then they eventually sent us like a really cute card back and that was cute um and then there was this other family of color i'm not sure if they were like hispanic as well i think they were but um they immediately like answered the door and they were like oh my gosh thank you so much like my mom isn't home right now but like i'll let her know you stop by and she'll go by and talk to you another time and then like we met that those neighbors and like you know we wave to them if they're out or you know we don't really see them that often but they did make that you know gesture to come and introduce themselves to us after we you know introduced ourselves to them essentially our other neighbors just either ignored the door or um this one house that is directly across the street from us like we basically faced them they had their window open like their front like bay window and they had like a bunch of security cameras around their house like in the front yard and we were like okay that's a little weird but we're still gonna be friendly like that's just how it is and then we knocked on the door and there was like a dog barking in the window and like a baby and this like white woman saw like she took one look at ellie and she grabbed her she like made a face at her grabbed her kid and slammed like the blinds down so we were like that is so weird that is so rude and so we like left the cookies anyway because we were like well we're gonna be the bigger people like I don't care like I'm not gonna like I'm still not gonna be rude to this person because it is rude and it's not polite to do that we saw later that her white husband came home stepped directly over the cookies that we had left on their doorstep and into his house and since then we have not made contact with them because obviously they're very fucking rude but it was just so like like that was within the first like day or two of me living in tucson on my own like outside of the dorms i like no one would ever do that in douglas that is so rude i don't get it it's just hard for me to grasp as like a concept like that that seems impossible to me yeah it like see it's like i didn't believe that it happened but it like i if i didn't see it with my own two eyes i would have been like dude no one's actually like that but like people are like that it wasn't like a story that just happened to be like oh like this mexican woman was nice to me and this white woman was not no words had to be exchanged in that exchange that is just what happened organically like you cannot make that shit up it was so just like i was like dude that is so rude and again there are other people in my life who like are white or like are like non-mexican but they are just they grew up around that culture and so they're not like that like they don't they're not rude like that it's so strange to think of like did your parents like really raise you like that like just is that really okay entitlement and yeah it's like oh like oh these people are outside my door like these like mexican brown people are outside my door like i bet you if it was a motherfucking white girl scouts she would have opened the door so fast yeah Uh, was it just ellie there on her own it was ellie lizette okay see i feel like it may have been like because i think you you know you could be white passing and Mm -hmm. with ellie not 
so much. Yeah, yeah no, Ellie's definitely not white passing. Uh, yeah. For, for reference, Ellie is probably my skin tone. Yeah. Y- yeah, maybe. And she, later, and she looked directly at Ellie and slammed the blinds down. Like, Ellie made eye contact with her. And she was just like, no. And Ellie was like, bruh, I thought the kid and the dog were cute. What? <laughs> I moved into, like, very cheap apartments. So I'm in, like, not the best neighborhood. A lot of people of color here, of course. This is, like, uh-huh. not a very nice place. Very cheap, so... A lot of people of color end up here because of, you know, everything that's happened in America in the past hundred years. Yeah. And so across from me is a family, a Mexican family. It's a woman, her like five kids. Yeah. And they are the sweetest people ever. We have an elote man that comes through here. Aww. Fucking heaven. So like we are all outside. And so of course she stops me and she makes conversation with me. And she's just like talking about her kids, talking about like how it is here. And it's just like, you know, before that, I don't know the race of the people that used to live here or that lived there, but I assume they were white. But like, they would like, like the girlfriend came out and said hi. It was like a young couple that lived there. And then to my mom and her boyfriend, my mom, my mom's not white passing, but her boyfriend's literally white. And like the rest of us walked out and she like went inside, like mid conversation. She's like, okay, bye. And she just left. Like, it's, I don't know, strange. Yeah, that's crazy. I think, you know, now being in college, so the majority of my friends are very white. Majority are also guys. So, (laughs) but I mean, I mean, obviously, like, I absolutely love them and stuff. But I think it's so easy when you're here to kind of stray away from your culture and how you grew up because you're just not surrounded by that anymore one of my roommates is hispanic but she's not very i don't think she grew up as much with the hispanic culture as we did I, i mean she obviously had a little bit but we've talked about it and i don't think it was as heavy of an influence in her life but besides that i don't really have you know, people in my friend group who are also Hispanic. So I think it's important to still remember kind of where you come from and to still try to bring those aspects back to your life. Um, I know, for example, there was like a club at the journalism school for like National Association of Hispanic Journalists. So I went to like one of those meetings last school year and it was actually, it was just so comforting being there when it's like 15 other people who are there, because obviously it's journalism school, it's very predominantly white. Um, There's like 15 other people there in the room with you who are also Hispanic and the meeting was ran completely in Spanish. Like I was able to speak, like speak and ask questions in English, but the entire meeting was ran in Spanish and it, it was just, it had like that sense of comfort, if that makes sense. You just felt like so comfortable and you could just like these other people understood you and like the same yeah. way like you grew up and your culture and stuff. So I definitely want to like go back to those meetings and just bring back that culture like back into my life. Yeah. yeah, you can experience it when you go visit for a week in town, but it's just it's it's shaped us and made us who we are. So 
you know, it, it kind of like saddens me. I feel like how much I've lost touch of that being at school when I'm just not surrounded by that at all anymore. Exactly. And like, I felt guilt over that. Like, I felt like genuine guilt over like, uh, like, am I becoming white? Am I forgetting who I am? And it's just like, you know, it's stressful, but I feel like it's definitely something to focus on because it's not something that I would want. Like, I don't, I can't imagine like having like a kid that doesn't understand a word of Spanish. No. Like, fact, like I want to raise my kids with that same culture I had growing up. Yeah. I want to raise them with that Hispanic culture. So it's just so important to like, I don't want to like lose that. Like, I'm so proud to be Puerto Rican and Mexican. And I just want to like make sure I keep that with me. Yeah. I have kind of, I know you guys both talked about your schools being predominantly white too, specifically to like your major. The first time I ever heard anyone else in my class speak Spanish, it was a girl who came from Mexico City who was finishing up like her senior year here. And so obviously like she left as soon as like this year and like this past year ended, but now it feels like it's just me and everyone else is white. And you see people in the classes, like, I feel like professors try to kind of, because there are actually a lot of Hispanic art professors. I had one um, this semester that was my painting teacher and she was really sweet, but they try to tie in our projects with the culture that surrounds us and like the things that are around us. And I almost feel this sense of like, like not anger, but like, not secondhand embarrassment either but I just feel this kind of ache that like people who haven't experienced my culture are supposed to make art about it or like are supposed to understand what it's like or I know that this one girl and this just it, it just rubbed me at completely the wrong way and like I, I honestly I think I'm the only person in the class that saw it this way because I have that context we had to do a project about like um, the suffragette movement and we had to do our own research about it. And I ended up painting my Nana, which by the time this episode, she'll never hear this, but by the time this episode goes up, um, I may or may not have, I know I won't have given her a Christmas present, which was a painting of her. Um, I'm going to email this to Norma Ortega. Yeah. Whoa. But. <laughs> So I, I painted a picture of her because it was her first time voting this last season and I thought that it was really important to capture that and I've always wanted to do a portrait of her so I thought that that was perfect and that's personal to me because she immigrated here and she went through the citizenship process and like now she can vote at 80 years old like that is important to me and that's a part of yeah. our culture that a lot of people don't get to experience so I thought that that was really special and this other girl, I don't think she's from Arizona. She is ginger and she wanted to write, or no, not write, oh my gosh, paint a portrait of a Indian woman. I say that with quotations, who was strong because she left her quote tribe. I don't, I really, I don't know. And it was like shocking to me. That no one said, because like, I, I felt outnumbered. I felt like it was not a 
appropriate for me to bring that up and start this conflict at 11 in the afternoon, especially when it seemed like I was the only one who was bothered by it. Yeah. Well, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What, what lack of, what lack of like any sense of like time or place or, or like, that's not my culture. I should not like touch that or I that's not my experience I shouldn't speak on it none of that none of that happened none of that crossed anyone's mind apparently except mine because I was so freaked out by that I was so just like hey hold on maybe that wasn't a good idea and then I texted one of my friends I texted one of my friends in the class and I was like is was that not really fucking weird and she was like dude who who said that why because at first she even was like it was weird but like like what is like the big deal and i was like dude it's literally not her culture and she's first of all being like grossly just like uneducated about this entire thing first of all and then being to be like insensitive about it too to like appropriate that part of someone's struggle for your art project it's just silly to me and like and I was the only person that got that from that. Not even my professor said anything. I have an experience, not, not even an experience, um, a thing that just reminded me of this when you were sharing this story. And I think we can all probably relate to this is it really angers me so much when people try to speak on issues at the border or what happens there or anything when first of all they know nothing about it second of all they've never actually witnessed it with their own eyes and like yeah. seeing what's actually going on and they try to paint this false image about what it's actually like and i'm like like first of all when people think that there's like nothing between the u.s yeah go to begin with like I'm sorry there's been that fence there's like since forever like as long as I can remember like there's been something there like it's not just this open land between the two countries and I like it's just don't like speak about something if you know nothing about it definitely especially to someone who's grown up there their entire life when you know, all of us, we have personal experiences with it. Like, obviously, you can talk about it, you know? Like, I'd love people who are, like, to be more willing to, like, ask questions. Mm -hmm. so, oh, what was it actually like? Instead of trying to act like they know all of this. Yeah. When they read this off, like, they see this off of, like, Fox News, and they've never actually, like, been to Mexico or to a border town or even know like what like a port of entry looks like. Exactly. Project. Not Fox News. Nay nay. Fox Entertainment. Oh yes, they did lose their news like licensing. So <laughs> that's great. But yeah, I know that doesn't relate directly to college, but that was just a race you like sharing that. It just reminded me um about that. Yeah. And yeah, in college, I definitely, I got a lot of questions about, like, what the border was, and I think that's insane. I don't know how, like, the education system, or even their own selves, because, like, if you really cared, you'd look it up. Yeah. 
but uh like I got so many questions about like just like well what 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 is it like what is the border people don't know what that is and I find that strange like not even in the sense that I grew up with it I find it strange that nobody talks about it yeah yeah and I feel like obviously I want people to ask questions but there's a way to ask questions when you're like genuinely curious but I feel like there's also a way when people ask questions as like they're judging you for it if that makes sense like oh you grew up on the border like isn't that really scary versus like oh wow I didn't know you grew up in a border town like how how was that do you feel like like, portrayed accurate like it's such a big difference yeah I know from my um Spanish class my first semester of college um I we had to do a presentation on like a Spanish-speaking community and so um, my group got assigned like the United States. And so like people who speak Spanish in the United States, I did my presentation on Douglas and like we had to do like a skit. And so I, it was all in Spanish and we did a skit of like going to different places in Douglas, crossing the border and like just making it seem really normal. And, but also explaining that you know, the border isn't something to be afraid of, or it's not something that is, like, daunting and scary, and this, this cause for so much panic, it's, it just, it's not, I feel like there's so many other things that are so much, that should be so much higher on the agenda, that should be uh, much higher on the, the triage, so to speak, but people are so focused about the border, and they know really nothing about it, yeah if anything the border is more of like a nuisance because then i have to just go sit in a line for an hour and a half i know work on getting those lines to move faster that's what we need to do i know when i'm crossing to mexico and i get like the green light from like the customs on the mexico mexico side oh great day i'm just like praying you know pulling up like please get the green light please get the green light so when you get a red light that just basically means like it's supposedly random. They like pull your car in and inspect it to make secondary. sure you don't have anything. Huh? They're pulling you into secondary. Yeah. And then yeah. you just go, it takes like, I don't know, three minutes, not very long, but still getting that green light, you know, it's going to be a good day. Yeah. I figured it out. You need to drive super slow and make sure you go right down the middle and you never get the red light. Really? <laughs> good. A big thing about um, growing up, on the border is like like this dichotomy between being an American but growing up outside of that culture because everyone seems to kind of demonize you for being not American enough because you grew up so far removed so to speak from American culture which that's a whole nother can of worms I am not going to go into right now however it's just like you you leave that kind of comfort of your Mexican border town and all of a sudden like you don't really fit in and not just because of like your ethnicity or your race but because of literally just like the fundamental way of thinking that you have like I never grew up you know thinking like every man for himself like this is the way that everything is everyone everyone is for themselves and like you know you need to have people on the bottom so that there can be people on the top like that's just not not a philosophy or a thing I learned you know and unfortunately that is 
a huge part of like the American way of thinking and that's what's become the American dream. And it's really hard to identify with being an American when you don't agree with that and you've never grown up being told things like that. Yeah. I had wanted to go into like, just like other little things like, I don't know, lack of like knowing old like white people music. Yes. Like I didn't know what, like, uh, what was sweet Sweet Caroline came on at a frat party? I don't know. Maybe okay, I'm. Like, I get down to Sweet Caroline at the party. Oh, yeah, like now I do, but like the first time, everybody freaks the fuck out, and I was like, "What? What is this song?" Okay, <laughs> going along with that, I. So I don't know if you guys watched the new Selena series on Netflix. Um, you just started it. Yeah, I'm good with spoilers. She dies at the end. (laughs) Well, yes, but in the series, they don't go into that. They stop. Do you want me to tell you where it ends? Yeah. This is a spoiler for everyone. I mean, if you know Selena's story, this isn't a spoiler. But anyways, um, the series ends where her dad kicks Chris out of the band because he finds out they're together. Mm -hmm. So it's – and anyways, the series really focuses on the band, like, getting their start and starting to make it big and it really shows like all the struggle that they went through but anyways so I was I've been watching that I binged it in like two days and while I was watching that because I you know had always been a huge Selena fan growing up I was Selena my freshman year of high school for Halloween I remember when I was little my grandma trying to teach me how to do the washing machine obviously I don't have much rhythm so I didn't get it down but (laughs) <laughs> I was in my room listening to her music and just like dancing in front of my mirror. And I was like, oh my God, what I would do to be back at a quinceanera right now, dancing to cumbias. Yeah. Like, parties and stuff here are fun, but I don't think they've experienced like dancing to cumbias. It's, they wouldn't know what it's to do. It's a different experience. Like, they would I miss that. Bump. They would just jump and fist bump, dude. Oh my god, why did we start singing? <laughs> Things like that in the moment, I was like, oh, I'll sit this one out. And now I'm like, what I would do to go back somewhere to be able to just like dance to, to some cumbias. No, oh my god, hold up. I know everyone hears this and it's immediate, just like. Uh, like I don't even know how to describe the like. I like I don't know how to describe. No, the feeling, you're going to play. But like, say you're sitting at a table, like you've just decided to sit some songs out, and you hear this. You better get the fuck up out of here. You bet you you're throwing your shoes off. If you have an ankle strap, you're ripping it off. And you are sprinting to the dance floor barefoot holding your dress or your pants. My roommate actually knows how to do this. Really? Exactly. Do it really good. Does. Yeah. But yeah, the music aspect, I think, like, is huge. And just, like, how parties are and all of that. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy the festivities here. But yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like miss those those things and just like dancing to the cumbias and like there's only so much you can do with like jumping up and down and fist pumping (laughs) getting on an elevated surface (laughs) you don't do that at the quince (laughs) everyone's drunk to catch you if you fall yeah 
it's very strange coming here. It's not necessarily bad and everything. No, it's just different. It's just different. Different. Yeah, I mean, I have never, like, danced like that before. Like, I think if they played the music that they play at frat parties, like, at prom or, like, at after prom, people would have just dipped so quickly. Yeah. What if you roll up to a frat party and they got some DJ like mixing shit, like I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) They think they're so great and they're they'll throw in their little dubstep. I'm like, I'm stepping out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope if anything, maybe you guys learned a little bit about you know, our culture, and I mean, there was so much more we could have gotten into, but we obviously don't want to talk for a whole 20 hours straight, but yeah, just kind of learned a little bit about what it's like growing up in a border town with such strong Hispanic culture and different traditions, and then coming to college where for the first time in your life, you're actually part of the minority and just kind of navigating that while also remaining true to yourself and your roots. So we hope to be back on our normal weekly recording schedule and we hope you guys continue to listen. Bye. Bye.